Good evening, lunatics. Welcome to another fun-filled episode of the podcast. You assume that everybody out there is a lunatic, and I bet well, that probably the majority probably of them are not. So, Well, we've got enough of them right here in the comment section. <laughs> um, so we, uh, we're going to talk a little bit tonight about this Freight Waves article. Uh, y'all may have seen this week. Uh, it was a survey that they did. I'll pop it up here for a second. Um, I, I responded to this survey um, really, honestly, as kind of a troll. And because uh, I knew, look, I, I could kind of predict what some of the answers were going to be. But they, they put out this owner-operator survey. Uh, we, we actually interviewed the, the author of the article, and we were planning on playing it tonight. Uh, but I realized that I can't play it um, the technology is not there, so I'm going to take the article or the interview, and I'm going to post it as a YouTube separate YouTube video, so you guys can watch it. But we talked to him about, yes, he's a researcher, so he's taking the data, he's looking at it, going through it. But there was there was a thing at the end uh, where it said, you know, is there anything you'd like to add? And I said, well, yeah. When when all these fools that bought these two hundred fifty thousand dollar trucks go out of business, we'll, we'll be fine. You know, we will increase. Uh, and that earned a phone call. So uh, he called me and interviewed me, uh, and so I'm I'm down here in the later part of the article, um, you know, where I, I t- told him my story. You know, real quick, we talked for about 15 minutes, and um, but he gave a really nice shout out to Blue Ribbon uh, in the article. Uh, but you know, the whole thing was trying to figure out what what are owner operators thinking. What are they experiencing right now? Um, and so the title for some owner-operators, it looks like it's the end of the road. So he he said that 35.2% of self-identified owner-operators checked. If the market does not rebound materially by the end of 2023, I will leave the industry, which is no big shock to us. Um, you know, we've been talking about this downturn coming for two years. Um, it was only a matter of time. It was inevitable. It was absolutely going to come. It was absolutely going to happen, and now here it is. And so, um, you know, it, it's it, it's it, we we live in a boom bust cycle, and we have since 1913. Right? Go learn about the Federal Reserve. You'll learn all about it. Um, but we get this boom-bust cycle. Things go way up, and then they come way down, and then they go back up, and then they come back down. And every time in trucking that the market shoots up, everybody and their brother goes and buys a truck. Y'all, the number of dentists and doctors and people that we have talked to over the last few months that have gotten suckered by their buddies, hey, man, you see all this money you're making? Well, all we got to do is go buy a few trucks, man, and we're going to be rich. And then usually there's three or four of them, right? And one of them will understand what's actually happening. The other three couldn't care less. And then the one will call us, and they understand, I think, you know, this is generally the kind of way it goes. One of these investors will understand the long-term, if you can survive the long-term viability of profit in the trucking industry. Uh, But they're coming to us and going, yeah, but how am I going to survive? My trucks are upside down. We're over leveraged. We don't have any cash. What little cash that we do get, we end up spending on repairs. So we just we just can't get ahead. 
and now it's going to cost us $200,000 if we liquidate. And we go, yeah, that is accurate. That's exactly what's going to happen. So um, if you want to stay in this business, you're going to have to figure out how to make it on a 5%, you know, and most of them tell us, well, we're not really making any money. You know, we're just pouring it back into the trucking, uh, into the trucks to try to keep them running. But, but there's no, there's no light at the end of the tunnel for them, you know, and Larry, Larry's seen this in other industries um, where, uh, and, and we see it too. You know, if you're driving a truck right now as a company driver, look into your company and find out if it's been bought by venture capital in the last five years. And if it has, go start looking for a job because they will milk that thing for every bit of cash it will produce. And then they will liquidate it and you're out of a job. That's what happens. Aero trucking 2009, uh, all these companies will go out of business and they will leave you standing on the side of the road with, with an empty fuel card. Uh, you're not getting a plane ticket. You're not getting a bus ticket. You're not getting a rental car. You're just going to be stuck in a truck. Uh, that they're waiting to come get repossessed, and you got no fuel money. Uh, so you need to you, you better you better know who you're working for, and you better find out if they're solvent, but because so many of these companies aren't, uh, and that's going to continue. And then the market's going to clean out twenty five or thirty percent. All right. And what I found interesting, and I asked Joe this in our interview, we expect to see twenty five or thirty percent of the capacity leave. Well, what does his research say 35.2 percent say if it doesn't rebound materially i will leave the industry so um that's that's dangerously close to what we have been predicting for two years that when it when it eventually happens 25 30 percent gets cleaned out well guys we're talking about a couple hundred thousand trucks that are going to go away now they're not physically going to go away but they're not going to be operating and so that's the opportunity you're waiting for. You're waiting for the used truck market to crash. You're waiting for the, the price of the trucks to come down to where they're affordable enough for you to make a small investment, 5,000, 10,000, 15,000, 20,000. Um, if, you, if you have a work ethic and you have some sense, an average normal person could save up fifteen or $20,000 and get the truck and then save up some more money to get the truck ready. Uh, but there's absolutely no reason to be looking at the market as it is today and say, I can't make any money in this market and say it's because of the market. It's because of you. It's because of you and it's because of your choices, um, your bad decisions. And so either now you're either going to, you're going to eat it and live with it, or you're going to try to ride it out. Um, but I can, attest and testify that failure is not final. You know, maybe you do have to sell the truck. Maybe it does have to get repossessed and maybe you do have to go get a company driver job. Um, now that you've learned your lesson. So I've talked a lot. It's your turn. I'm going to go back to my, <laughs> my blue drink. <clears throat> well, the problem is that most people won't learn. Don't, they, they haven't learned a lesson up to now. They won't learn a lesson here either. Um, because they don't understand that th they don't accept the fact that they are the ones who made this, the, the decisions that are causing them to fail in this market. <clears throat> you know, it, you, you can't, you can't go into business and not have a plan 
for when things don't go the way that you think they're going to go. And that's the problem you have with these outside investors getting in trucking. They know nothing about trucking. You know, they're dentists, like you say. They know how to <laughs> drill holes in your teeth. Uh, but they don't understand this industry. And so, you know, and unfortunately, uh, it was so widely publicized how much money was made in 2021 that it's become a, a target. Mm -hmm. I mean, look, they're still on Facebook today. I read them every day, you know, about, um, you know, uh, passive income in the trucking industry. The only thing passive income about the trucking business is it passes you by, okay? That's only passive about it. It passes up your wallet, okay? And, it, and, and, and you know, so it, it, especially for somebody that doesn't understand the industry, you know, um, you know, there, there are people in this industry. There, I would say the majority of owner-operators in this industry don't understand the industry. That's why they don't understand why rates are the way they are, you know. And, and that's why they reach out for somebody to fix it for them. And that somebody happens to be that same ogre that they detest fixing everything else that are now fixed. Think ELD, okay. <clears throat> Think any FMCSA regulation. Okay, those are all <clears throat> attempts to fix something in the industry. Okay, um, and so if 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 that if that person that 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 entity that that uh, agency that government that institution that you despise because of all the other things it puts on you that constricts what you think is free enterprise. Now you want to go to them and have them fix this for you, and you don't think there's going to be some string attached to that? Um, the, 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 the lack of understanding of what the word free market means is, um, it, 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 just, it's, it prevails, unfortunately, in this industry. Yep. Uh, because people think that because they, made, because they made the decision to go pay, put the number in there, 150, 175, 200. We've seen 250 thousand dollars for a truck in 2021 because they could make the payments mm -hmm. based on what the revenue was generating at that time mm -hmm. all right now you don't have to go very far in dave ramsey's podcast to find out that just because you make the payment doesn't mean you can afford it you know dave ramsey says right. that no, no one should ever buy a new car a new car unless they are a millionaire okay but yet we have people buying two hundred and fifty thousand dollar trucks they can't rub two pennies together, and they want and they can't understand why now things don't work. You know, uh, again, very very bad decisions. You know, uh, now we can dig into we can we can dig into the weeds and, and talk about the psychology of why those decisions are made, <laughs> but the but the bottom line is, you know, you you can't blame the the industry. You can't blame rates. You can't blame insurance prices. I see a comment here. You can't blame anything for this. This is a naturally occurring phenomenon because everybody wanted to get a little piece of this when things were good, and now there's too many people in the wagon and not enough people pulling the wagon, okay? Mm -hmm. And so until that reaches equilibrium, it's going to be this way. The only way it fixes itself is for that 35.2% of people to, to leave the industry. And, and in, in my opinion, permanently, but it won't. They'll, they'll creep back in in another two or three years, and they'll do another lease purchase. They, they won't change anything. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try this again. We, listen, we see it. We have people that come here. 
okay? And they, they come here and they want to try this. And we start talking to them, well, what, what have you tried in the past? Well, I've done four lease purchases. <laughs> really? You didn't learn a damn thing, right? Mm, no. You know? Uh, and that's how, that's how they'll be again, okay? They, they, they won't learn any from this. They're not saving. They won't, you know, l- listen, right now, Walmart is paying $110,000 to start, okay? Yep. Now, I admit, I would never want to work for Walmart. But listen, there's a lot of shit I've done that I don't want to do in my lifetime to get where I am right now, okay? Um, but if that's an option right now, if you can't rub two pennies together driving a truck, and you can go over here and drive a truck tomorrow for $110,000, and you're not doing that, Walmart should not be advertising for anybody right now. Right. All these broke-ass truckers out here that are getting ready to go bankrupt, <clears throat> you'd be better off parking the truck on the side and let them come get it, and you already have a job when they find the truck. Yep. <clears throat> but nobody wants to do that. Nobody wants to accept the fact that they are the reason why this is not working. You know, it's not the, the brokers. It's not the carriers. It's not the rates. It's not anything. It's the fact that there's too many people out here with trucks and not enough freight to go around because everybody got into it, you know? Um, you, you know, another thing about this, too, is that I get back to this brotherhood thing, okay? Like, everybody should be able to say kumbaya and everybody make the same amount of money. Everybody that do, decides to do this should be able to make it. Um, th- there's a problem with that, okay? And it started out when you guys played Little League and everybody got a trophy, okay? We have a war on achievement in this country, all right? It's a, it's a dirty word to achieve more than what the guy next to you did because now that's not equitable. I got news for you. Business is not equitable. There are winners and losers. And guess who chooses that? The customer, Okay? The customer chooses where to spend their money, and it works here too, all right? So it, there are going to be people that will not get the trophy, okay, a, a bunch of them. But think about it. If everybody got the trophy, is it really a trophy? <laughs> right. And at that, I'm going to have a drink of Jefferson's Ocean, cruise number 28. Well, you you shared this this article, um, and I, that pizzeria goes viral <clears throat> for looking to hire non stupid people. Non stupid people. Uh, Columbus, Ohio restaurant was having a hard time finding re- reliable employees until management turned to humor to help recruit new ploy- new employees. Santino's Pizzeria uh, manager Heather Stockton said the restaurant's phone has been ringing off the hook. Since posting a unique employment sign, uh, according to Stockton, the sign saying the team is now hiring non-stupid people was supposed to be a joke and nothing serious. However, it's gone viral on social media. Now, what 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 you'll find interesting about this is if you go uh, to the dumpster fire that is Twitter uh, or Facebook comment section, um, <clears throat> well, they should hire, they should have non-stupid wages um, because you know that in that entitlement mentality. Uh, that we have today, uh, and it's it, 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 it's it's absolutely taken over trucking as well. Uh, like like Larry said, well, I bought a truck, um, and 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 I'm a, and now I'm an owner operator, and you should you have to treat me this way because of my identity. Now, isn't it funny that in 2023, 
people will make fun of someone that that says, "Well, I identify as right." That's the big, big thing in the news. <laughs> and uh, oh, ha, 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 there. Well, keep laughing because tell me the difference between them. You know, the people you like to make fun of uh, for you know saying, "I'll ide- identify as such and such." When your entire value is based on identity. Well, I'm a truck driver. I'm a this. I'm a that. And so you must treat me a certain way based on how I see myself. Mm-hmm. Doesn't work that way. That people don't give a shit. Freight ought to pay mm-hmm. blank. <clears throat> yeah. Well, I, I'm a, and, and it's this identity by association thing. And that's why I make, fun, we both do, but I personally make fun of the, the whole brotherhood thing. Uh, because just because... Oh, listen, I'm the one that made the TikTok about it. I'm the one well, yeah, that took the ass kick. I know, but I, I, do, I know too. And I just wonder <clears> if <throat> I would speak for myself uh, in, in that I personally despise this association by identity uh, because, or, or identity by association, I should say. Um, I'm identified by, uh, you know, my experience, and so you have to treat me a certain way, and then... Uh, because I have a similar experience and, and I have a vocabulary. So someone who drives a truck and I can strike up a conversation and, and we understand some of those terms. Listen, I'm not your brother, okay? I, I'm not your buddy. I'm not your friend. Uh, we're not the same. Um, I, you know, you're, I'm not going to get lumped in with your, your stupidity, black smoke matters, bullshit, nonsense. Um, I, I'm just not going to do it, right? And... I'm identified by my service. I'm identified by my service to the people in our program. I'm identified by my service to the agents. I'm identified by my service to the customer. That's what sets my value, and that's what allows me to do what I do is because I'm identified um, by what I do for others, not what they do for me, right? And so <clears throat> we see this this disease really shows its face when the market tips down. And we're seeing it. Oh, my God, the Landstar Facebook groups. Holy crap. Uh, well, the agents have got to do better. And I'm like, okay, what do they need to do better? Do they do they need to go put a gun to the customer's head and make them pay more because your expenses are so high, so much higher than mine that I can – I can pull a load and make a profit, but you can't. So, so how how's that supposed to work? And you were talking about free market. I, I find the, the the this bipolar uh, mentality of the of the trucking industry where they want absolute free market. Well, don't leave me leave me alone and don't mess with me, and I'm free. But then when things get tough, they want some authoritarian tyrant to come in and fix their problem. Well, you got to fix those brokers. You got to, you, you, well, who's going to do that for you? And, and, what, and what's the fix? What, what is the fix? Tell me what it is. I mean, I can tell you what they think it is. Communism. <laughs> yeah, this should be regulated. There should have, you should only be able to charge. We did that. We did that up until what, about 84? 1980. 80. We did that. If that's how it was, none of you would be in business. None of you. There would be no opportunity for owner operators. None. Zero. All of you be working for union companies. All you guys that want unions, you could have them. Okay? You would have them. But there would be no free market. There would be no opportunity for, for there to be achievers. Everybody's going to be the same. All right? We did that. Okay? Everybody wanted it to be this way. 
so that there would be an opportunity for those people who wanted to and had the skill set and had the work ethic and had the desire to do something, they would have an opportunity to do it. it it's exactly opposite of entitlement, which is what people want when they want somebody else to fix their problems for them. You know, I've said it, and I'll get in trouble again. Most people do not need to be owner-operators. Most people do not need to be in business. That's why such a high, 50% of all businesses fail. Yep. Early on. 90% of new trucking businesses fail early on. Imagine that. So it goes to show you that most people are not cut out to do this. It's not just everybody is not just guaranteed success because they go out and buy a truck or go out and build a restaurant. You know, that, that, that success is not guaranteed. When, when it gets to the point where it is, there'll be no trophy because there'll be no achievement. All right? That's called socialism. And by the way, when it happens that way, the state is going to have the, their hand in that. That's where the equity is going to come from because everybody will have to charge the same. And there'll be no opportunity for competition. That's where the brotherhood falls apart. Okay? There is no brotherhood. There should not be a brotherhood. All those people are your competitors. Okay? It, 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 there's not a, it, it, it's a zero-sum game. If somebody over here is getting this business, that means you're not. Now, fortunately, there's enough business to go around that a lot of people can benefit from this, but everybody won't. There are going to be people that are losing. And, and, and uh, according to this survey, 35% of you have already identified yourself that you're going to leave the industry. There you go. 35% probably shouldn't have gotten in the industry to begin with. Right. But, you know, it, we, you know, the, you know we, we talk with people all the time ask about why Landstar, why Landstar, why Landstar. Here's why Landstar. Talking about for us, okay, for me particularly. At Landstar, you have equal opportunity, but not equal guaranteed success. Okay, there's a big difference there. Anybody can come to Landstar and start. Anybody can. Everybody will not stay here. Everybody will not succeed. Everybody will not make enough money to stay in business here because everybody won't work the same. Everybody won't go out and do the things it takes. Now, it'd be nice for those people if Landstar would guarantee them that because that's what they want. They mm -hmm. want Landstar to lower their percentage when, when times get rough. They want agents to add money to the, to the freight when times get tough. So it makes it better for everybody. That's not how business works in this country. Okay? Right. It's not. There's an opportunity here for those who want to do what it takes to succeed without a ceiling. There is no ceiling. But... Because of that, the, the way you make it work for everybody is you have to take the ceiling away from those who can achieve it and give it back to the ones who don't. That's called socialism, okay? And that's, that's the enemy of capitalism. That's the enemy of the free market. So be careful what you ask for. <laughs> um, <clears throat> I found what I was looking for. You know, we, we, were, we were talking about how um, you know, people will, it's very easy when you want to be in business, like you see the nugget, you know, you see the carrot and you at least kind of understand, okay, well, 
being being in business is profitable. Okay, so what I need to do is get in business. Now, you can look around, like Larry said, and 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 see the carcasses of the um, the businesses that were left behind. You know, um, uh, but you know when you're when you're uh, if you're delusional and you think, oh well, it's not going to happen to me. You know. Um, well, you know, it will happen to you. And I was trying to find this clip. Uh, you know who Jeremy Clarkson is? You talking to me? Yeah. I do not. He's a British guy, used to do Top Gear. He's in trouble all the time because he says stuff about the Queen. And uh, oh, that, That's me. Well, yeah, that's you. Well, anyway, um, he's got this show on Amazon now called Clarkson's Farm, and they're farming. And it's it's a very entertaining show. He's, well, Brit- he's British? He's British, yeah. Okay. And so they did a uh, – he his – thing this season was he was going to open a restaurant on this farm and use all of the locally, you know, all the stuff that they grow and their cows and farm to table. Yeah. And so he's setting and he's trying to explain to his, his, his guy, um, that, well, here's what we're going to do. I have a plan. And my plan is we're going to do a restaurant. And the guy goes, you know, you know, most restaurants fail. Right. And he goes, yes, 80%. So here's my plan, not be not to be in the eighty percent. <laughs> we're just not. We're just going to be in the twenty yeah, percent. Sure. We're just going to not be. Well, um, he excuse, started the restaurant, and the, excuse me, just saying that's kind of like the, the guy asked one time how a sculptor. How do you do that? How do you make that beautiful piece of art? He goes, well, I just take away everything that's not the art. <laughs> yeah, um, you know, it, 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 and it's it's funny because. The, the the force of will is important in business. You know, there's lots yeah. of things that you, you really have to will into existence. But you cannot overcome the stupidity of, of bad decisions. Uh, somebody asked a question, uh, Gary Downs. Where will this 35% go if they're going to leave the industry? Going to another company is not leaving the industry. Okay, correct. Um, I would highly, highly recommend you spend some time studying what's called Austrian economics. Um, Tom Woods, Bob Murphy, um, uh, Ludwig von Mises, uh, uh, what's the other guy, Murray Rothbard. Correct. The trucks don't cease to exist, right? Um, So take a company, say it's got 100 trucks, and the company goes bankrupt, or they go out of business, or they just close the doors, and they say, all right, we're done. Well, obviously, the trucks do not go away. They don't cease to exist. They don't turn into dust, but they are no longer being utilized at that moment in business. And so they will sit there, they will be liquidated and sold. And at some point, someone will take them and make money with them, right? So no, they're not leaving the industry. Now, you have to figure you have to kind of break it up into two groups, because you have to remember a lot of the people that come in when the market booms up are these doctors and dentists and, and lawyers and people. Um, they're, they're people that have some wealth. They have some uh, some proper etiquette about them, for lack of a better term, you know, and, and they're, they're professionals. And they're, hey, man, well, I'll, listen, all we got to do, um, we'll each throw in a little bit of money. And, of course, they'll go borrow money because, hey, we're, we're dentists and doctors and lawyers and attorneys and architects. And uh, look, at, look at how professional we are. And they'll go into the bank, and the, and the bank will, will loan them money. And 
but they don't know how to run a trucking business. And then that's where their, pro- their problems begin on the day that they sign the note. So, no, the trucks don't cease to exist. Their business ceases to exist. Now, those people are going to go away. They are going to leave the industry. Now, if you're like me, when my truck blew up, well, I peeled the numbers off of it, sold it for $5,000. Did the truck go away? No. The truck went to someone else who had the means and opportunity at the time to take that truck and fix it, and it's probably still running up and down the road today. Um, but my business no longer existed, and so I had to go do something else. And the first thing I did was go drive for Swift. Somebody mentioned Swift in here. Well, well let me let me add to that a little bit because I, I I I agree in concept with you, but but I, I disagree in a couple of things. First of all, trucks can go away. Okay, when when, when they're, they're, trucks go away every year. All right. When, when these trucks are no longer, first of all, there's going to be a lot of lending institutions that are going to lose money. These trucks are, whoever lent the money on that, which is why there's predatory lending to begin with, you know, they're going to make their money up front when you default. They're going to auction that truck off, get the best they can, and chase after you for the rest of it. That truck will go somewhere, and it'll be used in a fleet, and that fleet will then use that to modernize their truck and get rid of something old. They'll end up going to scrap. They'll end up going to Mexico, okay? So that, they, they do go away. There are certain ones that go away. The other thing about this is there will be, you know, a, a lot of there'll be a lot of people acquisitions. Okay, mm-hmm. underperforming companies will be absorbed by performing companies. You know, all the 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 there's a, a comment was made here a while ago about you can't make it if you try if you if you do work for peanuts. That's not true. Okay, uh, l- look at Amazon. Okay, Amazon has been in business now for how many years and they've lost money every year. Every year, you can stay in business and, and, and make peanuts. Now, everybody can't, but some people can. So a, a well-run fleet that's well-capitalized, okay, can run that business on peanuts and be successful. That's the problem with this, okay? Yeah, that's define the peanuts. That's, that's that, the problem. Yeah, that's the problem with these guys that, ha- that demand because I've spent the money for this big truck. I have to have $5 a mile to run the truck or whatever the number is. I don't care what you put in there. But there are people out there that can do it for half that or a fourth of that and still be profitable. That's the problem with that. So it, 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 it will reach equilibrium. There will be people that can't do it and will have to leave. There will be people that can absorb that and move on. I haven't bought a truck in a year and a half for that very reason. Now I'm looking. I'm looking every day at trucks now. Mm-hmm. Because now I'm going to be able to capitalize on that. And I'm sorry. You're gonna you go oh you're gonna you're gonna capitalize somebody else's uh, misfortune yeah I am yep okay that's what that's that that's called business okay so I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna get that truck at auction okay and I'm gonna take that truck and make money with it but that's what that's that's what that's what free market is okay that's that's why I have a problem with the brotherhood okay it might as well be a damn gang all right. <laughs> You know, you don't you, you, you can't you don't have to get a tattoo and never get out. That's just not how this works. There is no brotherhood, okay? Uh, it, it's it, it, it it's ridiculous. All right, so um, so let me go to this question. I'm not maybe we, we'll have to read between the lines. Maybe would you have the same opinion on ownership if you were a piece operator? Maybe that was a typo. Owner operator at Swift that was building a fleet under their authority. 
Well, there's a couple of different ways to go with this comment, okay? Because uh, I'm reading between the lines. So if, oh, maybe it was a lease operator at Swift. Maybe that's what that meant. Okay, you'll have to clarify in the... the, the, Well, that changed the the, the answer (laughs) real quick. Well, okay, but, well, let's take it at face value, okay? So a lease operator Swift, all right? So you've got a contract, um, and they give you a truck, right? You sign the contract. Um, They're taking care of a lot of things. Because here's what I want to do. I want to handle this... Instead of like the people in our comment sections, especially on TikTok, Landstar sucks. Okay, okay, whatever. You don't know anything about Landstar. You have absolutely no empirical data. You have no experience that can tell you that Landstar sucks. You just heard somebody say that Landstar sucks, and it sounded good. Okay, so let's say you lease a truck at Swift, and you are able to turn a profit, even if that profit is one dollar. Okay, so you you lease the truck, you operate the truck, and whatever the profit is, all right, it's $1, okay? Well, I'll get a second truck, and now I'll make $2, and I'll get a third truck, and I'll make $3, and so on and so forth. Here's the problem. Those leases are so expensive compared to what we do, okay? We pay cash for a truck, so we have no – if the truck sets, we're exposed about – 200 bucks a week. Right. Well, I don't think he's thinking lease purchase. I think he's thinking as a lease to a carrier, not necessarily well, a lease purchase. Well, no, because no, he says, I met a guy that leased three trucks under, I'm assuming Diddy means Swift, and had drivers and was successful. I'm so sure, I'm, I'm, I'm sure there are. That's... I'm pretty sure that he's talking. So when I was at Swift, okay, for 30 days, when my truck blew up, first thing I did, I called Swift because I know I could have a job tomorrow. And I thought, well, I'll go, to, I'll go over there and be a trainer, and at least I could probably make 100 grand. All right. And I was at Little America in um, northern Arizona, Flagstaff. And um, there was some Swift drivers standing there, and, and they were talking, and, and I kind of got into the conversation a little bit. I didn't say, hey, I was just an owner-operator at Landstar. I just asked them some questions. And one of the questions I asked, and I said, well, how do they, um, how do they calculate your fuel surcharge? Okay, because remember, I've literally, two weeks ago, I was a BCO at Landstar, and I was getting paid the – uh, national, uh, what, do you, what do you call it? The um, what's the term for it? The, the I can't think. What of the, term? The, for what? The, the 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 information they release every week. The FE something. Uh, anyway, we you get th- the you national. Talk, you talking the fuel surcharge? Yeah. The, the yeah yeah I can't think what's called e e i a retail. That's it. E i a retail. We get a That's report it. every week. Landstar sends it out. Here's what the fuel surcharge is. Right now it's fifty six or fifty seven cents. Okay. Yeah. Back then, in two thousand seventeen, it was in the thirties. Okay. I asked this lease operator from Swift. I said, "Well, um, well, what's your fuel surcharge?" He's like, "Oh, it's nine cents. Not nine cents." Really? Like, and, and I couldn't hide my surprise. And he was like, well, what's wrong with that? that that's, that's, what, that's what they give us. And I said, do you know what the EIA retail is? Do you know what the report is that's handed out by the state every week? And he was like, no. And I pulled it up on my phone. And I said, well, the national fuel surcharge charge right now is $0.39, cents and you're only getting nine. So where's the other 30? Hmm. All right? So... Everything that we do here, we're, I've lost the BSE 9000. Oh, there it is. 
Oh, don't lose that. That's critical. Every decision we make is with this, BSE 9000. This is the bullshit eliminator, okay? And we use this to calculate risk, among many other things. But this is how we make decisions. We put the numbers in here. This is what these are numbers. And then we calculate and we say, yay or nay, here's what we want to do. Yes, sir, I would like one more of these. The bartender just showed up. Yeah, I was, I was nursing this, but if you're going to replenish, I'll... Uh... Oh, yeah. Uh, our, our official bartender, Nick, just entered the room, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll have one more of those. <laughs> I, we weren't expecting to have a curb service here, but yeah. uh, I can't say what this is called on the, on the show, but it was blue. Uh, <laughs> MF. Yeah. So, anyway, uh, we calculate risk, we calculate cost, and then we say, it, can we do this or not do this? My issue with leases is the unbelievable level of risk that you take on when you sign this lease. And it's not just a numerical risk, okay? I know a guy that was in a lease, all right? They fired him with cause, all right? But even if it, was, even if it wasn't with cause, they fired him, and he had $20,000 into that lease, okay? If... He walks away from the truck, that 20000 walks away with it. So he had to go into his savings and pay off that truck to be able to leave there with that truck. All right? So when you sign one of these leases, the biggest risk that you have is that if for whatever reason they decide, and the language is in that contract that you probably didn't read or that they didn't let you read, they damn sure didn't let you show it to an attorney. Hello. Yeah. It never left the it never left the office. That's okay. For sure. That contract <clears throat> says that either one. But of that you, shouldn't be a red flag. That shouldn't be a problem. Nah, no problem. You know, I just want a truck. If you give me a truck and just I can go make some money, I, I don't yeah. care. Just here, yeah. here. Let me scribble my name. I'll do whatever it takes. Just give me this truck. If they decide that you're out. You're out. It's over. They're going to keep your escrow. They're going to keep your maintenance. They're going to keep. They're going to keep it all, and you are going to have nothing. And y'all, if you think I'm exaggerating that they could get to the next to the last day of that lease and yank it out from under you, I'm not making that up. Those stories are out there every single day for you to see. The most common one is that you, all of a sudden, as the closer you get to paying it off, all of a sudden your your miles go down. Yeah. You know, you're, you're, and they now all of a sudden you can't, you're, you yeah, your, your pay goes down. And, um, and so they, um, and now, and another thing you notice, these, most people who lease trucks aren't leasing brand new ones. There's been, listen, I, I was at Transport America, okay? And I, 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 I couldn't understand why these truck numbers had letters behind them. All mm -hmm. the guys with owner operators, their truck had a letter behind it, okay? Well, that letter is how many people leased that truck, okay? <laughs> the truck that I bought had a C behind it. I was the third guy who had who had that truck. Now I didn't lease it; I bought it. But anyway, it had been leased twice mm -hmm. before it uh, it got to me. So um, that's to people that, like you say, for whatever reason, they failed, and and when they failed, they I'm sure that they lost everything that they had put into it. The, 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 again, we're kind of arguing over semantics right here. If you have to, if you have to lease a truck, 
to go into business, but just just don't do it. Just just wait until you can wait till you're capitalized and have the money to go do it. What's the rush? If you can go get a job, most people who are first of all, most people who are lease purchasers are not making anywhere close to a hundred thousand dollars a year. Okay, number one. Okay, right. number two. Even if you lease a truck to a carrier and you've got note on it, okay, if you can't make as much as the company drivers are making, why? What's the, here's the problem. Somebody said it a while ago. There's so much ego involved in this. I'll, here, I'm not saying me, but I'm going to talk as a truck driver here. I'll make less money as long as I can say it's mine. I'll make Mm -hmm. less money if I can call the shots. I'll make less money if I can fill in the blank. Okay. Have a shiny hood. Not have anybody tell me what to do. I'll make less money. What kind of business model is that? Okay. That's the problem. It's not a business. That's not, that's the problem here is that you've got people in business that don't know anything about being in business, okay? You know, we, we, we have, a, we have a, a program where we take people and teach them the business of trucking. The most frustrating thing I have here, though, is I can't make somebody be an entrepreneur. I can't, I can't, I can't give them a pill. You know, the people that come here and succeed, they succeed because of the story that, 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 that they have. You know, there's something in them that makes them want to do uh, over and above what everybody else is willing to do, take risk over and above what everybody's willing to do, even though we teach them to minimize that, for the possibility of the reward, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and all we do is just take the speed bumps out, okay? We look at it from my 40-some years of experience and Chris's 25 years of, dr- of driving experience, and we remove the speed bump so there's some hope that they can do this and do it in a way where we minimize the risk and give the entrepreneur spirit a chance to, to go. M- most people don't get to do it that way. They have to go ahead and jump in and, and assume risk. Now, they don't have to, but, but well, something drives them you know, we hear this word desperate all the time. I was desperate for a truck, so I was willing to sign anything. But why are you desperate for a truck? You know? Again, you're in an industry where, did, by the way, have you all heard that there's a driver shortage? <laughs> I hear. I understand that. Do, do you know that every fleet out there is looking for drivers? And yet you ha- you're desperate to find a truck where you could literally make less, probably will make less, than you would as a company driver and take on all the risk? How about we just get a good job at one of these companies and work for a while and save up the money and prepare yourself to go into business? How foreign would that be? But we don't do it that way. We have to do it because I want to do it now. You know, I have to do it now. So I'm willing to, I'm willing to, be, uh, to be taken advantage of in every way in order to be able to do it right now. And that's, that's my crusade. That's what I'm vehemently opposed to doing. But I've got a lot of, um, look, 2,000 years ago, a guy had a message, and we, no, it, nobody, most people still don't got the message, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I don't expect to do this in 10 years, okay? <laughs> but, uh, but there is another way, okay? Let me go back to DL here for a minute. So it sounds like in your original comment, you're saying that people leased on the Swift, okay? Listen, I, if, if you <clears throat> can... Go to Swift, Schneider, J.B. Hunt, Landstar, Mercer, whoever it is, doesn't matter. And you have a business wherein you can generate revenue, spend what you need to spend, and make a profit. Really doesn't matter, right? 
I mean, if you think about somebody like Swift, that's probably paying now probably a buck, probably a dollar a mile plus some kind of surcharge. What were you getting back in the day? Buck, like a buck 30? Me? I, I was yeah. getting 92 cents plus less than about 32 cents fuel surcharge. So buck 20. That was in 2008 through 2000. Yeah. So they're, they're probably, let's say they're paying a buck 25. <clears throat> okay. Right. Now you're getting the brand new trucks that get great fuel mileage. Right. Uh, they got a lot of drop and hook freight, so you're not la- wasting time in docks, and you could ju- you could run back and forth across the country four thousand miles a week. Okay, well, if you can make that four, five, six thousand dollars in revenue, and cover your expenses, and I'm sure there are benefits that come with being at Swift, just like there are benefits that come with being at Landstar. Thanks, man. You know, um, <clears throat> uh, if it if you make it work. Make it work, you know. Um, what we don't need to do is uh, incorrectly and inaccurately place one thing above another. I will not say to you, oh, well, you uh, being at Landstar or being leased to a carrier, being leased to a carrier is 100% better than having your own authority. That's not true. Being leased to a carrier is less risky than having your own authority. That's 100% true, you know, but you can, if, if number one, if you'll just, if you'll just read the contract, let's just start there. I wish, I wish that Landstar would like chain people to the desk until they have made, you know, made them read every word of that. What is it? 30 page contract. Uh, Because they don't, they just sign their name to it because signing their name opens the door. And that's all they're interested in. They don't read the contract. They don't understand the contract. And then when something goes wrong, I can't believe Landstar did. Well, I can. It's right there in the contract. They said they were going to do it. They they did exactly what they said they were going to do. And now you're baffled. Your mind is blown. You cannot believe that they did what they said they were going to do in that contract. Well, Hmm. if you would have read the damn contract, you would know that. Mazel tov. (laughs) <laughs> uh, well, look, there, there are there are people that that go through lease purchases successfully. I mean, that word is really, really, really a broad brush. There right. are people that go through and complete lease purchases. Okay, no doubt, because there are people that really, really, really are committed to being successful. That's just a different way of doing it. Now, in our opinion, there is a much, much less risky way. But unfortunately, a lot of people don't know about this. That's why people call us lunatics, Mm -hmm. because what we do is not normal in this industry. Now, I was telling Joe, the guy who wrote this article the other day in our interview, which, by the way, will be up here uh, sometime, Chris. But, anyway, I was telling him that, you know, in the business world, you know, what we do is not considered lunacy, okay? In every boardroom in the country, our business model would be looked at as, oh, that's, that's, that oh, would yeah. be expected. Well, this yeah. is how businesses stay in business, okay? You know, uh, they control cost, okay? They control risk. They, they don't undercapitalize. They don't, you know. But in the trucking industry, it's so foreign that people gave us the name lunatic because what we did was so drastically different than how most people do it. So for those people who successfully complete a lease purchase, congratulations, Okay. But what t- why, why do people go into them and do a second one and a third one and a fourth one? 
you know that that's where the that's where the lack of uh, of of of, of uh, knowledge comes in you know if you take out that bse 9000 he's got and you just add up the total of the payments and the total of all the things that you pay for in that contract versus going out here and buying a truck straight yourself mm -hmm. okay but larry we get a warranty right don't get me started about that. Um, but but look, people are going to defend what they do. I get that, all right? And and, and I'm not going to argue with you. I, you know, God bless you, okay? I, I, it doesn't affect me. I, I really could care less. I'm, I'm going to drink my Jefferson here, and I'm going to sleep tonight. Mm -hmm. But it, I just ask you to, to, to use a little introspect here, okay? At least give yourself the chance to do the research, do the numbers, look and see, okay? Look and see if the, if the decisions you're making are the ones that would, are, are, the, are the most wise decisions based on other things besides emotion, you know? If you're, if, if you're one of these people right now, if you're one of these 35% that, 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 you know, there's, there's going to be a little bit of a, of a um, what would you call it, uh, a little gap there where between the 30 33 percent and the 38 percent where it could go either way right if you want to bend that to your advantage take a look at your business model okay because i guarantee you if you're cavalier enough to have paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars for a truck in 2021 you're cavalier enough not to give a rat's ass what you're paying for fuel you're cavalier enough not to even keep up with your fuel mileage and other things that would help control your cost and might make the difference in your operation I don't know. I don't know if it can be saved or not, okay? The rates are the rates. You're not going to change the rates, okay? Right. If the rates are such that, that you can't make your truck payment, you have no choice here. I told people a year ago, I, I, a year ago, Chris, to my, tell me here, I'm here. The truck is never going to be worth more than it is today. Sell the truck and go get 100%. yourself a good job. Yep. Now, guess what? Can't now you're going to lose the truck. It's going to mm -hmm. go to auction. They're coming after your ass for what, what it doesn't bring an auction. You know, you had options. You had options when you bought it, but you ignored those. You had options a year ago when I said, don't do this. This is coming. I put on a seminar in July of last year. It said, reset your mind to how to stay in business in 2022. Okay. And now here we are. Well, <clears throat> there was another thing in this article about the costs. All right. Now, look. And, and, and Joe himself admitted this was, this was not like a scientific study. He had 100 and I think 100 or so responses. So, um, but the trend was there. Um, it says, it's no wonder that owner-operators are having a rough time. Last year saw a brutal convergence of sky-high fuel, equipment, and insurance costs, all while spot market rates dashed downward. The median owner-operator in this survey did see revenue grow 7% from 21 to 22 but expenses far outpaced that success. They paid 22.9% more to operate in 22 than in 21. Now, um, we certainly saw expenses rise. Parts were higher. Fuel was higher. But we did not see, I, I, would, I would say that we did not see a 38% increase in cost. You know? remember, remember what people's number one cost is, Chris? Fuel. Okay. So remember what fuel surcharge is, right? 
So um, the cost of fuel could, it could be offset by fuel surcharge. But you know what? Somebody made a point of this out. You don't get fuel surcharge if you've got your authority, okay? It's a one-load deal, all right? You accept the load for what the all-in is. There's no fuel surcharge broken out, all right? But you lease to a carrier, and all of a sudden fuel surcharge comes into play. And now mm-hmm. you get 100% of that revenue instead of whatever the percentage is. Yep. You know? And, uh, and, and we, we talked about this over and over and over again. If you didn't hear it, go look it up. We got a couple different uh, podcasts about it. But uh, that, you know, when, when you start, you know, this argument about own authority versus leased, okay, the assumption that people make is that, that and we're going to use Landstar, for example, because that's where I am and that's where my expertise is and that's where I would be if I had to choose again to do it over today, mm-hmm. is that that 35% that supposedly Landstar takes from my money <laughs> I'm not going to have to give that up if I have my own authority. Right. Well, let me clue you in on something, okay? The buying power that Landstar has with the number of owner-operators they have, which, by the way, is around 11,000, compared to you by yourself or your little buying group called Mudflap or Nastic or whatever, you know, you know you, you're paying more for fuel. You're paying a lot more for insurance. You're paying more for tires. You're paying more for everything than, than, I'm, than we're paying. Number two, if you don't have any money, you're factoring, which I'm not. If you're under own authority, you're doing invoicing and billing and chasing money and collecting, which I'm not. And on and on and on. And we can make a list here on the board, and it would be probably 30 or 40 things. You pay for a trailer, okay? You pay the maintenance on that trailer. We don't. Now, add all that up, and guess what? It's probably more than 35%. And, oh, by the way, I looked at 2022, and so far in 2023, our percentage was not 35. It was 28-something in 2022. It's 26-something this year. That's a big difference than 35. Mm -hmm. So if all of your expenses exceed 26%, of your revenue, Landstar is a better deal for you. But don't come here. We, we, we have no brotherhood here. You come here, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to put your ass out of business. Now, I'm okay. going to take what he just said at one hour. I gotta, I'm going to remember that, and I'm going to put that on TikTok. And then y'all go see the responses. Because what the response will be, that's bull. But every time I ask them to open their books, it never happens. Because they feel like... What he said isn't true. And it feels like, well, I'm getting all the money. Okay, and you're writing a lot of checks that we don't have to write. You are assuming a lot of risk that we don't have to assume. You know, we scan the paperwork by Monday at 1400 and he gets paid on Wednesday. It, done. But, but I, don't, I don't care if you come to Landstar. I, 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 yeah. I don't get paid to, to recruit for Landstar. I should, but I don't. I'm just telling you, open your fucking eyes and just look at things for what they are, okay? You can choose to go to Mercer. You can cho- I don't care where you go, but understand something. If you just are just Xing that out because of the way it sounds, get out the B- make the decision with the BSE 9000 mm-hmm. instead of just using 
you know, your emotions or how you feel or what you, especially what you've heard from the truck stop lawyers, okay? Especially from those guys. Yeah. Well, and let's assume for a second, okay? Let's assume that the fuel discount, because I have, I have indep- supposed independence. Now, they're probably, you know, lying through their teeth. But I have people come into my comment sections, especially on TikTok, and say they get the same fuel discounts we do. We get, they get the same tire. Okay, let's assume that your fuel discount is identical to ours, that you can get whatever uh, purchasing power that we have. You're still not calculating for risk, all right? I've said on this very show many times that if you are an independent, fully independent owner-operator with your own truck and trailer, even if you are not, don't have your own customers and you're just running the spot market, and you've been in business for more than two years, you have my absolute respect. I commend you. I, hell, I probably envy you a little bit because I know how incredibly difficult it is. You've got to understand that when we're saying the things that we're saying, we know who the audience is and the potential audience is. And I have to, I cannot in good conscience recommend most of the people that I run into go get their own authority because I promise you they are not going to do the hard work. They're not going to do the accounting. They're not going to survive the first-year audit. They're not going to be able to do the billing and, and survive if they don't get paid. You know, I mean, hell, my God, we got people at Landstar. One load cancels and their whole world falls apart. What are you going to do if you haul a load coast to coast that was $10,000 and they never pay you? What are you going to do? Well, and and, and they'll complain about a broker supposedly keeping a couple hundred bucks of their money they should have got, but yet they'll willingly walk and give it to a factoring company right? so they can get paid quicker because they can't afford to cash flow it themselves. You know, but they don't complain about that. Again, defending your own ignorance is terminal. Okay. Yeah. It's it's kind of like, you know, Dave Ramsey has a really funny story that he's told for years about American Express, causing American excess. Right. Dave Ramsey despises American Express. Um. That's because of his personal experience with that company, and he hates them, okay? We use American Express every day, all right? Well, I can't, I'm never going to expect Dave Ramsey to hear my one uh, experience that we're, where we don't have a negative relationship or experience with American Express for him to say, Oh, okay. Well, in your case, then, because Dave Ramsey can never, ever say it's okay to use a credit card, ever, right? Because if he does, it's going to be what Dave Ramsey said, right? So we have to understand who our audience is. Um, We have to speak from our own experience, mine and his separately and combined. And we can tell you that not only based on our own experience, but many of the conversations that we have with people um, that don't, uh, you know, we see the people come to us and say, well, I mean, I had my own authority and everything was great until they doubled my insurance, you know. Or or won't cash our check. Or won't cash our check. Yeah, that was a great one. <laughs> we had one. Yeah. We, had, we had a guy here 
Well, he, he, he's not here. He called, he's his fleet, he called us, wanted to ha- our help. And no matter how much he wrote the check for, his insurance company would not accept it. What you going to do then? You know why? Because of his shitty-ass drivers and their driving record. From the, brother, uh, the brotherhood. <laughs> That's what the brotherhood gets you. Yep. I, there's so many things that somebody said something about running a business. Uh, uh, tell me a successful business that was run on emotion, okay? Well, think about sure warranty. Let, let me let me hit warranty for a minute, okay? Because this is a this is a huge emotional, right? We have we have taken the word warranty and we have made it this magical uh supernatural. I mean, it's I mean, it's like Jesus walking on water. This well, I've got a warranty. Let me tell you about warranties. I know a guy right now today whose truck broke down on January 4th, okay? January 21st, which was three days ago, finally got the authorization from the warranty company to begin the repairs. By the time that that truck is rolling again, it will have been down for two months. Hasn't made a dime, okay? Now, the way we run a truck... At minimum, if that truck runs all week, at the minimum, it's going to make $4,000, okay? Probably more. That's $32,000 minimum in revenue that truck could have earned in that time. Now, I think he paid like $8,000 for the warranty. The warranty is going to pay $8,000 of the repair, so that's a wash, right? He's still going to have to come up with three or four thousand out of his own pocket to make it happen, and I think it's a twelve thousand dollar repair. Right? It was an engine, engine issue. Well, the the foreman at the shop told me because I called and talked to him. I, I found his his name and number on my desk, and I was just curious because I hadn't heard from the guy, you know. And I'm like, well, let me call this guy. And I called him up and I said, hey, uh, is old such and such's truck ever get fixed? Oh, yeah, man. Well, as a matter of fact, I just got the authorization yesterday to order the parts. All right. Well, we know what ordering parts was like in 2023. So maybe the truck will be back together in a couple of weeks. All right. If he can find the parts, if he can get the parts. Well, if the guy would have just had $12,000, he could have just stroked the check and the truck would have been fixed in a week. But no, I've got a warranty. The warranty is useless, useless. And I love Larry's line. Go on down to the stewardship, walk into the waiting room, see all the people camped out in the recliners. They do have nice recliners at the trucks. I, I will give them. Well, that. they need to because you're going to be there for a while. <laughs> hey, you're going to grow roots if you if you have a warranty. And ask everybody what <clears throat> model and year their truck is. I promise you, they're not in there with a 2007 Century. Promise you, you know. And if they are, they're only going to be there a few hours, and then they're out. But it's the 18s and the 19s and the 20s. I was just talking to a driver today, uh, a former owner-operator, had a problem, had to put the truck down, went and got a company driver job in a 2019 Freightliner, and on day two of a company driver job, had to replace the entire emission system on a 2019. Somebody asked a question I want to answer about a deleted truck. 
Can you bring in the lead truck to Lance? Yes, you can. Uh, but why? Well, <laughs> that's another <laughs> argument. Yeah, you you, it, you can bring anything to Lance as long as it has an electronic engine. Okay, it's got to be able to have an ELD. Um, good luck with that. No, the they don't care. No. And no, they're not going to check. As long as it passes a DOT inspection at a Landstar-approved facility, and uh, they're not going to check for that. Um, now, you remember, I don't think we've talked about this on the show. I need to check up on that guy. I saw a guy, it was in a Facebook group, might have been a Landstar group, but anyway, it's a Facebook group, who has like a, I don't know, I want to say a late 90s, early 2000s W900 Kenworth. And he was asking questions because he is putting a DD-16 in this old 20-some, 25-year-old Kenworth. And he's ordering wiring harnesses. He's already spent $40,000, I think he said. Uh, I, need to di- I need to dig this guy up and interview him. Because think about it, though. It's fascinating. There's sentimental value in the truck. You know, it's probably his dad's or his papa or whatever. Um, but rather than buy a new truck, he's literally transplanting a tier four emissions engine into this old truck so he can go out West. Right. Well, obviously he's got the money. Number one, he's made a calculation that it's worth it to him to spend the money and time to get this brand new engine to work with old technology because he wants to be able to go out west and he doesn't want to give up his 20-year-old W9. Because I've been curious about this. I'm like, well, what if we could put a DD-15 in a Columbia, right? Uh, because back to practicality, okay? Uh, we, we talked to a guy the other day. He's like, well, I know y'all hate Peterbilt's. Buddy, I don't hate Peterbilt's. I, don't, I, don't hate, I love Peterbilt's. We don't use a 379 because it's not efficient and it's not practical. Not because I hate Peterbilt's, okay? I love Peterbilt's, okay? But the, one of the big issues, aside from the emissions, if you're looking at a brand-new Cascadia, or, well, any Cascadia for that matter, from 2007 up, is not only do you have the emissions you have to deal with, all of your lights, interior lights, headlights, they're all controlled by modules, very expensive modules, our Columbia's in centuries, it switches and relays. If the light bulb don't burn, it's either the light bulb, the wire, or the fuse. It's very, very simple. Okay? <clears throat> but now that they're they're trying to make the amenities in trucks match those of cars, like my 2017 uh, ticking time bomb Ram 1500 sitting out here. I'm just waiting for the damn touchscreen and all that bullshit to stop working all this microprocessors and modules and computers and stuff, there's an added level of risk there that has nothing to do with emissions. It has everything to do with the light on the back of the cab won't burn, and it's a $2,000 module it takes to fix it. So not only are the Cascadias impractical because of emissions, they're impractical impractical because in order to get all this fancy-schmancy bell-and-whistle nonsense you know, you close the door and the lights dim slowly. Who gives a shit? Just give me a damn light and a switch and a fuse so that if something goes wrong, I can just run a new wire and be done with it. But it's all of this extra stuff like these, oh, my God, these uh, touch, not touchscreen. But now the Peterbilts have a 
a screen, like a damn Tesla. That's, that's so cool. But what are you going to do when it breaks? Because I promise you it's $5,000 to fix it. And that's probably me and Jenner. Remember, the, uh, we had a Kenworth here. That guy had leased on to us. We had two of them. We had two of them. Jesus. I'm not trying not to. I'm going to drink on that, okay? You just said, <laughs> and he's you God. said God. And he's God forsaken T680s, all right? So uh, one of the issues with the – well, these were 18s, 17s, 18s. 18s, both of them were 18s. Well, one of the issues was they were both auto-shift. And trying to back into a dock with one of these God – oh, my God – trying to back into a dock with one of these trucks and that stupid automatic transmission, a, a two-pedal, uh, you know, and you, you, you're, you're, just, you're just barely touching the gas pedal to try to get it to move, and then it shoots off at, you know, 12 miles an hour backwards. And puts you on the drive line. And puts you on the drive line. And so we go to the local Kenworth dealer here, oh, and God. we're like, look. Oh, God. So they're like, oh, man, it's not a problem. It's a software update, and it'll make it uh, crawl, you know, uh, so you don't have to do that. And we're like, okay, well, listen, it's got like a 63-mile-an-hour speed limit because it had been leased to FedEx. And we're like, well, we, let's get that speed limiter off. And he's like, well, we'll have to get Kenworth's permission. <laughs> you need you you got to do what? <laughs> I need Kenworth's permission to turn my own truck up? Oh, yeah. So I had called, I think it was in Orlando maybe, somewhere down in Florida. Mm-hmm. I had called a dealer down there. Because the driver lived down there. Cause could, driver, yeah, because yeah. the driver lived down there, and they said, Oh, well, we won't turn it up over 65. And I'm thinking, who the fuck are you to tell me what I can or cannot do with my truck? Yeah. Oh, no, we're, we're not going to do that. We got to call and get uh, uh, we got to get Kenworth's permission. I'm like, no, you need my permission because uh, I'm, I'm in charge. I'm writing the check. Oh, no. No, you got to have uh, – you you gotta have uh you gotta have Kenworth's permission, and I'm thinking who the hell does Kenworth think they are, you know? But that's what you get, you know, um, you know. So it is what it is, you know. Uh, but again, risk management. Here's here's <clears throat> here and here's a comment to good with your business model and the not late model but old model trucks. Uh, do you worry your account for stuff becoming obsolete? I like the concept, but being young, I want some security and longevity. Um, will they eventually become obsolete? Well, there's an interesting development that has happened, and I'm trying to think of the name of the company. It was that article I sent everybody the other day, something air. Um Go look at Gentry and Sons uh, YouTube. There's a video of, uh, not far back where um, he goes and sees his mechanic. And um, will you look through the <clears throat> look through the fleet message or not the fleet message, but the uh, blue ribbon team? Well, then you're going to make me lose my thought. No, you, you, your thought will be fine. This, I, this I am drinking bourbon. You know that this blue thought, ribbon this, team. Listen, this thought's for? important. What am I looking for? Because I need. Uh, it's an article about that technology. That the the dimpled is uh, it a picture? Piston. No, it's a oh it's the dimpled link. picture. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I it's, saw that. Yeah, it's yeah. a link. Okay, yeah, I saw that. I'll find. All it. right. So this there company it is right there. there it is right there. All right, look it up and tell me the name of the company. Uh, air. It's Air something. Speed of Air. Speed of Air. Google that. Okay, it's really really fascinating stuff. Okay, so quick lesson: the reason that a golf ball is dimpled is it helps it move through the air. Okay, 
And so somebody somewhere figured out that if you put a ceramic coating with dimpling on top of a piston, that it would change the characteristics, okay? Well, they're looking to, and it says in that article, I want to say it was 60-some percent or 70% reduction I'll in emissions. Back. I'll go back. Um, well, you can find it in there. Um, but it was super, super fascinating stuff. How much does it pay to be your assistant, by the way? There it is. I found it. Fuel consumption, quote, fuel consumption was reduced by 3.2%. The opacity of the exhaust was reduced, meaning less particulate matter, by 77.6%. NOx levels reduced by 61%. Exhaust hydrocarbons, hydrocarbons. hydrocarbons dropped by 32.5%. And CO2 levels dropped by 41.4%. Only by changing the pistons. Okay, so think about that. Another quote, we think we will target either the Cat C Series 9, 12, 15, 18 liter engine families or possibly the Detroit 12, 7, and 14 liter 60 series first. So this guy, um, Lawrence, uh, that, that, that Tim Gentry's buddy, that, that he did a tune on one of our trucks today. Uh, I'll report on that later. Um, they're planning on testing these emissions or the, these modifications to 6NZ CATs and Series 60s Detroits to see if the EPA will accept them as have as passing Tier 4 emissions. Now, I give that a snowball's chance in hell, but that's <coughs> their plan, well, okay? If these numbers are correct, you could replace the pistons in a 12, 7, 14 liter 6NZ CAT, 3406E, whatever it is and meet and or exceed the emissions for Tier 4 that requires DEF and fluid and all this stuff. So um, the free market is working all the time, okay? The reason the bad guys never win and Always all does if you reward achievement. 100%. Fails goes away when you don't. Now, can I address this a little bit? Go ahead. Because we have to refocus here, okay? You guys want to start talking about the industry-wide, all right? I, I'm not an expert at that. I do not want to be an expert at that. I'm an expert at taking somebody who wants to buy their first truck and survive in business for long enough to establish it to stay in business. Yeah. Okay? Now, right now, the risk, most risk-free way of doing that is, is with an 07 or older Freightliner with a Series 60. Now, if those go away, and I'm sure someday they will, mm -hmm. I'm not worried about it. We'll just find the least risky way of doing it when that happens, okay? Uh, again, I listen, give me the playing field. Give me the rules. I'll figure it out. I always have. I always will. We're not – listen, you guys keep – you think that we're – you think that we're bought and paid for by Freightliner. Somebody asked me about why won't Freightliner fix the water leak. I don't give a fuck. I don't know. <laughs> okay? I could give a rat's ass about the water leak. All right? The it water is, leak. Listen, it is an interesting question because it's been happening forever. Good. But wear a hat. Okay? The bottom line is right now in, this, in, in the market that's been in, that we're in and have been since I've been in this trucking business, is that that truck with that motor is the least expensive truck to operate. 
100%. Do I like it? Probably no. Do I give a fuck? Probably no. <laughs> what I give a rat's ass about are the numbers, okay? I put a million dollars in the bank in four and a half years in an 07 Columbia with a Mercedes motor, okay? Yep. Now, I don't get, did the, did the roof leak? It did at one point in time, yeah. It still does, for that matter. Probably. You're missing the point here. You guys all get distracted by shiny objects, okay? The point here, everything we do is about letting you have a different way of getting in business, staying in business, making enough money for you to be able to retire from your business, okay? Not getting out here and fucking around for two or three, four decades and then can't, can't retire because you ain't got any money. Now, once, you have, once you've gotten through this two or three or four or five years and you've got money and you want to go buy an X-15 or a 6NZ or a fucking spaceship, I don't care. As long as you can write the check, that's fine. You know, what you want to drive is up to you. But when you're starting out and you buy one of those, you're creating more risk than you needed to do. You can, you can, you can haul the same freight with a $15,000 truck than you can with a $250,000 truck. And guess which one puts the most money in your pocket, okay? Right. You can come back at me with, well, with the maintenance cost. That's all just smoke and mirrors, and it's just what you've heard somebody say because you haven't taken the time to actually do the research. I've lived it. I live it every day. I've lived it since 2008 through four of these now bloodbaths, mm -hmm. okay? And guess what? It worked every time. So let's let's stay focused on what we're doing here, okay? Now let me give you all a piece of advice. <clears throat> it says I have a waterfall <laughs> in my 2016 Cascadia, but I'm getting 7.3. There you go. All right, so, wear a hat. So, wear, wear a rain hat. So we had we had <clears> one <throat> particular truck that was worse than all the rest with this water leak stuff, right? Richie's truck. And so we we were at uh, TA one night back when Carl still worked there. And I'm like, man, this, uh, this, uh, th this, this water leak stuff is out of control. And he sent me down to Napa to buy a tube of that black stuff that they seal the windshield with, yeah. the 3M stuff. I'm like, okay. And I'm th so I'm thinking he's going to put this in a caulking gun. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. He just rips he just rubbed it all. <laughs> if you see Richie's truck, yeah. every seam, all the windows, all the, the little things out on the side, that truck has got four pounds of this damn black stuff, but it don't leak anymore. Now, I'm going to answer your question, okay, because Freightliner's not going to fix it. Where did the no. question go? Find the question. Oh, when's Freightliner going to fix it? Hell, I don't know. Where'd it go? Well, anyway, he probably took it back down after I cussed him. Um, <laughs> he, I, I was, first of all, I don't think your leak is coming from the marker lights like you think. Oh, there it is. Okay, I don't think. I'll tell, you where, the, I'll tell you where the leak's coming from. Okay, now, and it's a hard fix because mm -hmm. you have to remove the headliner to fix it. But a Freightliner Century or Columbia or, ca or uh, Coronado, Coronado, and probably Cascadia too, the cab is made out of three components that are seamed together, and there's two seams that run from the windshield all the way back down the back of the cab. That, that cab is three pieces of aluminum that are seamed together. Over the years, in that, with the sun baking on it, whatever, that, the seam sealer cracks and starts leaking. 
and it leaks down through the 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 cab mm-hmm. onto the headliner, and guess where it goes? It runs right down to the windshield. Okay, mm-hmm. that's where the leaks come from. Now, if you want to fix it, I, I I seam sealed the outside of mine with clear sealer because I didn't want to take the headliner part. That helped, but it didn't completely stop mm-hmm. it. The only way you can fix it is to remove the headliner, okay, to where you're looking at the metal, and then you seam seal the inside of that all the way down, okay? That will fix your problem. So there you go. I have fixed Freightliner's water leak. Tell them, Listen, send me, the, tell them to send me a check. This, this episode is going to be TikTok gold. I cannot wait to cut this one up and send it over there. Let's <clears throat> just, just paint the whole truck in flex seal. Yeah, there just, you go. Yeah, what's just, that? What's that product that they that there's a boat sinking in the in the water and they put flex seal? Is that what it is? Yeah, that. Yeah, that, that's that I'm sure that'll fix it. Yeah, yeah. Just pay it. <clears throat> Listen, I watched a guy uh, in Michigan out had old FLD, and he was rolling. He had a roller and he was rolling the paint in the truck stop parking lot with a roller. Had a little thing down on the ground. He's rolling it black. <clears throat> hey, you know what? I like that. I bet that truck is like, That makes sense to me. That's practical. Okay, that's practical. Hey, listen. I so we have a truck right now that we 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 bought, uh, and I'm looting. I like the way he says we. I bought the truck. Okay, he bought the truck. Let's get skip something straight here. Okay, uh, so we're lunaticking this truck. All right, and I'm it's sitting in my driveway. And I'm, my plan is I'm going to do all the work. And You're I'm talking gonna, about BOF? Yeah, and I'm okay. on a Bride of Frankenstein. That was what it was named when it came to us. I, I yeah. need to change the name to Fire Hazard. Um, <laughs> bitch. So, bitch. It's right now it's Bitch of Frankenstein, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> so, uh, but I'm, I'm going to video all this. Because I know there's a lot of stuff that we talk about and you need to see it. Yeah. Where's I going with this? Um, uh, I have no idea. I don't know. I forgot the the blue the blue mother is uh, is is creeping in. Up on yeah, it's creeping in. Um, See, he's not used to drinking, guys. See, I drink bourbon enough. It, I, this is just me. Okay, he'll get real interested here about. Well, we'll probably be gone before it gets real good, but I'll I'll report on it next week. <laughs> hey, can I can I? Go I got a little personal thing I want to say here. Okay, one of our one of our longtime listeners and. I hope he, I hope I don't embarrass him by saying this. I think I will. Oh yeah, I know where you're going. But one of our long time, probably an original listener to the podcast, Bill mm-hmm. Taylor, BCO at Landstar, long time BCO, OG. Okay, OG. Mm-hmm. Uh, he has renounced. He's going to retire and sell his truck. He's got a beautiful motorhome that he made out of a bus. They're going to stay in Florida and and retire. He's 72 years old. Bill Taylor, God bless you, buddy. I wish you greatest uh, enjoyment in your retirement. And uh, and uh, thank you for supporting us and being. Yeah, he sent us people, and and you know we we appreciate you, Bill. Thank you very much. Okay, enjoy your retirement. So, well, so anyway, I'm I'm lunaticking this truck, and I'm going to video the process and and put that up so people can see it. Uh, and this truck's a mess. I like y'all. You know how these Freightliner dashes are. I mean, they're just plastic and they break and they just they just hot and cold, hot and cold so many times. And I'm thinking, oh, we well, you know we're going to have to replace a panel or two. And I start taking this dash apart. Y'all, it's held together with wood screws and two by fours. Two by fours. I mean, it's a it's a disaster. Uh, but I'm going to demonstrate and show that you know we can we can take this truck. Oh, I know where I was going with this. So some at some point somebody put a hood on, right? Now if you buy a hood, especially for one of the aftermarket people, they're going to spray it with like a white gel coat, right? Which is going to look fine. Um, until that gel coat wears off. 
okay? So this hood is kind of primer gray. I'm going to get me some of those big cans of that, uh, what do you call it, Rust-Oleum turbo cans, <laughs> and I'm going to paint this hood, right? I'm going to paint it right in my driveway, right? And it's going to look like a million dollars because I've, I've seen people on YouTube use this stuff. Really? Okay. Yeah, I saw a dude paint yeah. a damn 52 Ford rat rod with it. It looked awesome. Um, but we're going to loot take this truck. That was the, the paint thing is what I was trying to get to. Gotcha. Um, so <clears throat> be looking for that. I, I hope to get that done over the next month or so. Uh, look, it's, a, it's been an hour and a half. We need to wrap up, okay? okay. So a couple things. Couple, first of all, we have not talked about Pittsburgh Power once tonight. Oh, my gosh. Even though it's behind you and been there well, all night. Well, it is behind me. But let's talk about that a little bit, okay? Uh, you know, guys, Pittsburgh Power, they, they, they pay us to do this right now, okay? So, guys, give them – please oh, give them some – got to do the other one, too. Give them yeah. some love, okay? Because they, uh, you know, they – I'm, I'm a customer since 2008, uh, everything that we do lunatic-wise, we, we use their products when we're possible, not because of them, because the products work. So uh, call them, uh, give them some business, tell them where you heard from them. We're getting ready to renew, so we kind of need us a little bit right now. Um, so do that. Um, the other thing is the truck show. The truck show is coming up 29-30 or 30-31 and 1, the last weekend of April or of March, okay? So uh, the truck show is on Thursday and Friday and Saturday. Uh, Thursday, we're going to be incognito. We really don't want to see you. But Friday and Saturday, we'll be wearing our blue ribbon stuff so you can identify us. Not that you probably – of course, we might wear disguises. You never know. I think about being <laughs> Spider-Man, okay? <laughs> <laughs> and and, uh, <laughs> and so uh, we're going to be back in the West Wing where Pittsburgh Power and all of our vendors are probably on Saturday. And then Sunday we'll be hanging out in the South Wing at the Les, at the Landstar at Barry. Come up and see us. You know, introduce yourself. Some of you guys, especially that are on here every night, let's uh, let's let's put a face to a name here and, and, and see you. The last thing I'm going to say before Chris does his thing is that we are looking. We're 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 uh, negotiating right now for the um, the date and the location and whatnot. Uh, well, the location's not going to be up to, but we're going to have our 2023 reset your mindset live event in hurricane West Virginia. Again, Wyndham, uh, Wind, Wingate by Wyndham hotel and that beautiful convention center out there at Valley park, you know, uh, it will be the sometime in, in August. We're working on that right now. So, um, you know, all you guys that are on here every night, you guys need to join us in live in person, okay? You think it's fun here, wait till, you, <laughs> wait till we're together in one spot. Yeah. So we'll be passing the word about that. But now we need to talk about another sponsor, okay? Yeah, let me do that real quick. So uh, our new sponsor uh, is What Was That Like podcast, uh, Scott Johnson. We had him on the uh, show a couple weeks ago. And so what Scott does is he interviews people who have been through something traumatic. Uh, and so this one here that we're going to show you uh, was called uh, Stephen Was Hit by a Truck, which is very appropriate since we have trucks. Uh, Steve had just uh, started a job at Amazon, was working an overnight shift. Uh, he finished work and was coming home real early in the morning and dozed off for a bit while driving. He ended up running into the car in front of him. They both, they both pulled over to exchange information. The other driver was still in her car, and Stephen was standing at her driver's side door talking to her. That's when a full-size tractor trailer came by too close and hit Stephen. So the woman saw all of this happen right in front of her. She ended up, uh, Stephen ended up losing his leg. The audio that you hear in this clip 
is the woman calling 911. Oh, my God. Don't move. Don't move. I'm on 69. This kid hit me. Oh, yeah, I'm back behind. And he came up to the... He came up to the... And this semi, he um, hit him. And he's right by my door. He's right by my door. Take a deep breath. Oh, my God. Take a deep breath. Oh, my God. Take a deep breath. Oh, my God. Ma'am, where are you at? Oh, my God. Well, a 911 operator must be a hell of a job. Um, so check out the What Was That Like podcast. Be great for you truck drivers. Y'all need something to listen to. Um, and uh, so go check out our friend uh, Scott at the What Was That Like podcast. I'm gonna blame the I'm gonna blame the blue motherfuckers for me for doing that halfway through. <laughs> Scott, we may have to give you an extra uh, an extra <laughs> episode on the house, okay? Because we didn't intend to do that, but uh, we will not be on the sauce next weekend. We'll be back to normal. We are here so in West speak Virginia. Speak for yourself. We are here uh, in West Virginia, by the way, because we are doing our second master class uh, of the year this weekend. We got three guys that are here. They're going to be joining the program. Uh, we do have our, our, our third master class starter um, orientation is coming up in the 1st of April. And we have four guys that are coming on there. Um, I said guys because, guys, we don't have any gals, all right? So, listen, this is equal opportunity, all right? So, if you guys are interested in, in coming here and learning the, uh, the business side of trucking, learning how to get in business with minimum risk, stay in business long enough to survive and prosper, uh, check us out, okay? There is a place on our website that is um, that Masterclass 2023. Uh, just go to blueribbonlogistics.com and check on that. There's all the details on the program. Um, if you have trucks that you think we'd be interested in using, uh, we have so many people wanting to be in the program this year that we are going to need some trucks. So if you want to do that, uh, go to Blue Ribbon Logistics dash least owner slash least owner and tell us about your try, truck. Let's try that one more time. What's that? Blue Ribbon Logistics dot com slash least hyphen owner. How come I can't see you anymore? Well, I don't know. It's weird. I can see myself on my phone. Maybe the blue MFers have put you transparent. Well, let me let me add myself back. Well, that's weird. So anyway, go there if you want to t consider giving us a truck that we can use in the program on a profit-splitting deal, which we can explain. If you want to look into coming here and being in the program, uh, www.driveforblueribbon.com. Uh, we appreciate everybody. We appreciate all you guys listening. Our YouTube, I, I just heard a number the other day. In, in, every 20, in the last 28 days, we've had almost a million views. That just freaks me out, okay? But anyway, thank you. Thank you for the support. And uh, please support our sponsors and let them know where you heard about them, okay? And with that, we're going to say good night. I'm still here, by the way. I can't see you. So in my mind, you're gone. Okay? Well, my, so, my, phone, my phone must have been drinking. I hear you, too. but I'm ignoring you okay. So I, since I can't see you. so. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, for, for Chris Polk, who you can't see, for Larry Long, for Blue Ribbon, you guys be safe, and we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. Okay? We're headed to the bar. We are. See you. <laughs>